You did it. You paid me back. I have paid you back. Hmm. I was going to say in full, but I don't know. That makes it sound like I went on some like burdensome journey or something like that. But I have finally, finally returned the favor. So uh, listeners, let's set the stage. It's currently, I don't know, a month ago or something like that. And Apple has announced that the Vision Pro will be on sale in the United States as expected. It will be on sale on, what was it, uh, Groundhog's Day? Ground, Groundhog's Day, yes. Uh, Groundhog's Day's. Days. Yeah, I, I got myself all confused. Vision's Pro. Uh, so anyway, so uh, it'll be available in the United States only on Groundhog's Day. And I am giving Mike the business about, you know, Mike, what you got to do. Are you you got to really annoying me, by the way. I, I, I had a feeling. Yeah. I tried to back it off when I could tell that I was annoying you, but <laughs> I had a feeling. But nevertheless, um, I was giving Mike the business about coming to Richmond because, oh, there's no competition here. You don't have to worry about it. It's, it's going to be easy peasy. And leaving aside the fact that getting to Richmond from the United Kingdom is a friggin' nightmare, leaving aside the fact that we definitely will have much smaller stock than, say, the Fifth Avenue store. Uh-huh. Why wouldn't you come here, Mike? It makes perfect sense, I tells you. Yeah. And Mike very, very gently told me on no uncertain terms over his dead body. And I was talking to Aaron and talking to some friends, and Aaron immediately said, you should just go. You should just go and visit him. And I was hemming and hawing about it, and a few of my friends were like, you should just go. You should just visit him. And I got to talk to Aaron about it some more. She's like, no, I'm serious. Stop. Just go. <laughs> so uh, so that's what I did. So uh, what was it? The Monday after Groundhog's Day. So I guess that was, what, the fifth or something like that. And uh, I got on a train like I had done just a couple of months prior for the Vision Pro Lab. And I took the train up to Manhattan. And over the prior week or two or whatever it was, um, I had been colluding with your adorable and lovely wife, Adina trying to figure out how we can make this work. Mm-hmm. And she was keeping me up to date on the blow by blow of what your schedule was and was doing, j- just going through in immense lengths, going, just going, going the distance to try to set us up all three of us, but particularly you and me for success. Um, you seem to have been booking a lot of dinner reservations throughout the week or so she told me. And mm-hmm. so she said that she, she had used the excuse of, Oh, you know, we, we've got a lot going on. Why don't we use Tuesday, which was the day I was going to be there all day. Why don't we use Tuesday as like a rest day? <laughs> so I was very, very uh, appreciative of that. There's more, the more, even now, like I'm, I'm like feeling like, yeah, that was a surprise to me because I didn't know that was happening. <laughs> you know what I mean? But yeah. I ended up, uh, I moved Cortex. <laughs> well, so no. <laughs> I was just about to bring that up. And I, I honest to God, I didn't talk to you about this when I was up there because I just didn't want to ruin the, the, the mojo mm-hmm. or anything. But I was devastated when she said that because my vision and i'm gonna just i'm gonna cut to the the punchline right now my fears did not come true in the best possible way but i she says to me i think it was like a day or two before i left oh mike just scheduled cortex for tuesday and i was out i think i was out to dinner with some friends and aaron and the family and my head immediately hit the table because i was like well (laughs) there's no point me making this trip because you two (laughs) record for 19 hours straight and so I was like, well, I'm screwed. So, I mean, the, the ship has sailed, so I'll go and I'll see Mike when I can, uh, but this is going to be like a 17-hour recording. I'm not going to see him. I was devastated. I didn't say barely anything to Adina, I didn't think, but I was just tearing up. Like, I was ripping Aaron a new one in the sense that, like, I wasn't actually mad at her, but I was like, I can't believe he did this. Why would he be doing this? I understand because it didn't know Wait, any better. Why would and I, I be so doing upset. this? Why would I be making choices in my life for no, something no, no, I, know, I don't I know. know is happening? No, I, I wasn't actually mad. <laughs> mad at you i was so but i was so mad at you and so i will just say right up front 
you were a gentleman about it, and you guys only recorded for like two or three hours, whatever it was. It was a stunningly short recording. Two hours. But that was always the... See, look, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Look, the, the tales of Cortex recordings are well known especially by mm-hmm. the people that I work with. If I'm mm-hmm. recording Cortex, I do nothing else that day because a lot of the time, Gray and I are on the phone for like six hours, seven hours. It's like a full Right, thing. that's what I was expecting. We have a lot going on, right, as people. We run a business together as well as record the show together, so we're always talking about that stuff. Plus, we don't actually talk very much otherwise, right? It's the same as me and you. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah. like mm-hmm. me and Gray will often chit chat for like an hour and then we'll do an hour of meeting stuff and then, you know, and then like the recording mm-hmm, can take a mm-hmm. while. But when there's something happening, we can be speedy, speedy. And like, this is another, this, we did this, <laughs> we did it for uh, the, the other Vision Pro episode, in and out in 90 minutes. Like we have the ability to like do it if we need to, like times where I'm traveling or he's traveling, we keep it fast. And so like, yeah. and, and we're able did. to and record a podcast like regular people, but usually we just don't. Do <laughs> so, yeah, so uh, I, I'm kind of cutting a little bit ahead of, I'm getting ahead of myself, but suffice to say, I took the train up. Um, I tried to use the vision pro that I just collected 48 hours prior on the train. And we can explore that later if we care, but um, I took the train up and then the vision pro experience was not great. And it ends up that that was my fault. And I get to Penn Station in Midtown Manhattan, and I say to Adina, okay, I'm here. And she says, oh, we're at Blue Bottle. So I start hauling, trying to catch you guys at Blue Bottle, which at the time I thought would be hilarious. In retrospect, I think it was better that this didn't work it out. I think you bad. had said this to me. Yeah, <laughs> We'll get to it in a minute, but that would have yeah. been not good for me. <laughs> so, <laughs> so in any case. Wait, what day was this? Was this Monday? This was Monday, roughly three in the afternoon, give or take a little bit. Okay, so like at that point, I'd finished upgrade, I think. Yes, and I was just and I was like just getting some stuff done. But yeah, I'd finished upgrade, and then we were going. Then I went. We got, went and got an afternoon coffee at that point, and then went back to our hotel room. Yeah. So Adina and I had been colluding, as I had said, and she said that it is it was not uncommon for her one of you, but I guess it was often her to go to the exercise room or whatever the work, the fitness facilities in the hotel, because I guess the, your particular hotel, right, this is the water. Adina Hurley patented hack method of getting <laughs> free water in hotels, because mm-hmm. a lot of hotels, they should give you water every day. I feel like, but they don't. Mm-hmm. Right. And they want you to buy their very expensive water from the mini bar. And this is one of those hotels where like, if you touch anything in the mini bar, they will charge you. Like they even yep, told yep, us yep. that at checking in. And so the, the hack is if the hotel has a gym, they usually have free water in the gym. So Very nice. if they didn't give us water, Adina will go and get water from the gym. So she said she was going to do that. But I kind of, I don't know, I was heads down on something when she told me that. And so I didn't even really know she'd left the room. Like, I wasn't paying attention to it, if that makes sense. It was just kind of like Mm -hmm, things mm -hmm. were just happening. So, like, whatever, you know? Yep. So I am, you know, sending texts back and forth with her. And and, and actually, we almost spoiled the whole surprise, which we can talk about in a minute. But I'm sending texts back and forth with her. And she says, all right, I'm going to go get some waters. I'll meet you in the lobby. And we'll go upstairs. And it was... It was very funny. I actually meant to talk to Adina about this, but um, it was a very funny moment in our cultural differences because, you know, I get to the hallway outside your room and Adina, you know, saying to me, you know, here, take the key, you walk in and I'll be right behind you. And I am talking at what I consider to be a normal volume, but ultimately 
I'm speaking in American. And so I can tell Adina is getting ever more nervous that I'm going to spoil the surprise as we're getting closer to the room because I'm hooping and hollering because I'm so excited to see Adina. I'm so excited for what's about to happen. Not thinking about the fact that if I continue to hoop and holler like a dumb American, then I'm going to give the whole thing away. So she, at one point, she very gently and very kindly shushed me, which was good. And <laughs> so she, she hands me the key card and I open the door and you were in the zone. Not paying now I do have, <laughs> yeah, I do have a video recording of this that that is just for us. And it was uh-huh. not a very good video recording because I was the one recording it, but I walk in and I just stand there and I was expecting you after not hearing anything other than the door open to kind of look at me and then lose your but mind. But again, like, so that my like lizard brain is like, Adina has left the room. Adina has come back. Like, and you know, right, I love right. my wife more than anyone in the world, but I, I don't give her like an incredible greeting every time she walks into a room. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. Because like essentially at that point, it's just like, imagine you're in a room in your house and somebody walks in, you know, like, ah, you know, like, you don't do that. Right, right, you're right. just like, right. people are just living their lives. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. She's just walking mm-hmm. in and out. And so then I hear a pst noise, right? And my initial thought is like, geez, like I thought is the housekeeper. <laughs> oh no. That right? Because be so I like I start to turn and I can see it's not a dinner, it's like a different figure. Right. And I'm thinking to myself, get off my case, you know? Like, I don't want to do the stop sign on. What's your problem? You know? That's what I thought was going on in that moment. Yep. So I I you know, I get your attention and you look up. And it only took but a flash, but you could see this, the transition from confusion to understanding to acceptance to, oh my God. (laughs) So that all happened in the span of a, just a blink of an eye. Uh, But next thing I knew we were finally four four years in the making, five years almost in the making, getting our warm hug that we've been waiting so long for. And it was delightful. I had one of these moments. I've had a couple of these in my life and we got to do it so like um a little while ago a couple of years ago 20 end of 2021 i think it was um we got to go to romania and surprise uh diana's brother for his birthday and like we didn't tell him he was having a party and we, we didn't tell him that we were coming and we like knocked on his door and he opened and I could, it was so great for me, like kind of standing on the outside of this, right? Where like I could see he looked at it, you know, and like his brain like recognized her and he didn't. <laughs> and, and then there was the, the realization of what was happening. Yep, yep, and yep, it was yep. like something I'll never forget because it was just such a wonderful thing to observe in two people to like to mm-hmm. have that moment. And I know that's what happened is I kind of, I kind of turned at you i don't even know what i said i mean i can hear it you have the video but like the video so the reason i i asked casey not to post any video is i got incredibly emotional uh and i started crying <laughs> like it, it, it just hit me it hit me so hard in that moment it's one of the best and nicest things anybody's ever done for me so i really appreciate that in you for, for doing that because like you were on a train, but it's like a six-hour train. It's, it's like took you as long to get there as it took me to fly there, right? So like, was, <laughs> that's actually that's pretty close to accurate. It is not a, a small thing that you did, and like it was a, it was a very big thing I think that you did just for the sake of two days. Uh, but also, people who are like very uh, in the timeline of Relay FM. Uh, that those two days were really really hard for me because. So 
if you are a Relay FM member, you will know that we have increased Relay FM membership starting in March. If you are a member and you listen to Backstage, you understand the full context of why we're doing that because we need to to restructure the company in a sense of how we cover costs because me and Stephen have been covering costs of the company. Um, and this past month, we had to do it to a pretty significant degree and it caused basically the night before I didn't really sleep very much. I slept like three hours um, because it was all kind of coming to a head and we just made all of the decisions that morning about what we were going to do and was then kind of moving forward of it. So I was, I think I said to you, and you didn't even know at that point, I said to you, you have made a bad day so good. <laughs> like you true. had That's no idea what was going nope. on. Nope. And so, uh, yeah, there's like, there's, there's stuff going on, but like everything's fine. Like this is, we, we have created a plan, which is good for the company and will be good for like the next 10 years now, I think. But you ha- we had to go through the fire to get to the plan. And so like <laughs> we're, we have the plan now, but this was just like a really great way of of helping me kind of get through that. It's because you kind of just appeared. Yep, and it it was very fortuitous and very accidental. I wish I could tell you I had planned exactly that, but no, it, it worked out very well. And and I'll probably say it a few more times, but you know, both Adina and Aaron are both incredible sports for all of this because. Um, you know, I, I was asking a lot of Adina and I, I tried to be extremely gracious for lack of a better word in like, say, look, whatever you guys are doing for the time I'm there, which was basically Monday afternoon through, I guess maybe breakfast Wednesday morning, which we ended up doing. But I was saying to her, look, whatever you guys are doing, I'm along for the ride to, you know, to the degree that you're willing to let me. And I don't want to make a make your life, Adina, like miserable by me saying, you know, oh, we have to go to John's Bleaker on such and such a day, which actually fortuitously ended up happening. We'll talk about that in a minute. But um, yeah, I wasn't trying to dictate anything. I was trying to be as gentle as possible. But ultimately, this was a lot on her shoulders to execute this because all I really had to do was get on a train. And yeah, it took a long time, but all I had to do was get on a train and come, you know, walk to your hotel. And, you know, Aaron was here, you know, taking care of the kids, which at this point is not nearly as bad as it was years ago, but still, you know, it's not nothing. And Adina was having to quarterback all this while not giving it away and trying to, you know, I've done this many times with Aaron when I've tried to try to surprise her and it's not fun. Like the surprise is fun and worth it, but the the leading up to the surprise is not fun because you, how do you tell someone who you tell everything? Well, you know, I don't think we should do that on Tuesday. Well, why? I don't know. I'm, uh. I'm uh, I'm just tired. That yeah yeah yeah. I'm tired. That's the problem. You know what I mean? Like it's just it's not easy to have these sorts of conversations and not give everything away. And so I was really relying on Adina heavily, and she was such a great sport about it. And I'm so thankful for it. And Aaron as well to encourage me. Yeah, it made it made me a little uncomfortable, really, because <laughs> <laughs> just how well she kept the secret. I had no yeah. idea anything was going on. Maybe it just shows, like, which probably the way it should be. She has, like, a great control over me, I suppose. You know, like, she's <laughs> able to, like, steer me. And that is 1,000% the case between Aaron and me. 1,000%. Yeah. But, yeah, but I, I think totally that comes it. from, like, in a serious way, like, I, I trust her so greatly that yeah, anything yeah, yeah. that she will guide me towards, like, I will always pay attention to it. And yeah, so same. I guess there's, like, a, you, you kind of can develop that relationship with someone yep uh, it, it it was it was a wonderful reunion and i'm so thankful for it and you know for 
for the first day, we you know just kind of hung out in your room for a bit. Well, and let's I'm... let's take a break and we'll cover that okay. stuff a little bit more. Perfect. All right. This episode is brought to you by FitBod. When you're looking to change your fitness level, it can be hard to know where to get started. That's why I'm pleased to let you know FitBod is both an easy and affordable way to build a fitness plan just for you. Everybody's fitness path is different. Everybody's journey to personal fitness is different. That is why FitBod uses data to make sure they customize everything to suit you perfectly. It adapts as you improve, so every workout remains challenging and exciting, pushing you to make the progress that you want. Superior results are achieved when a workout program is tailored to your unique body experience, environment, and goals. These are all stored in your FitBod Gym profile. FitBod tracks your muscle recovery so you can avoid burnout and keep up your momentum, and it builds your best possible workout by combining AI with exercise science. FitBod have analyzed billions of data points that have been fine-tuned by personal trainers, and they make sure that learning new movements is simple and easy and you're doing it correctly thanks to their more than 1,000 demonstration videos. I find these to be incredibly important because, you know, whenever I'm approaching something new, I want to make sure that I'm doing it correctly. Doing it correctly means I'm going to get the best out of it and I'm going to avoid injuries, right? Or like doing things that aren't so good for me. And FitBod's videos, they're all shot from multiple angles and it gives me the confidence that I'm going to be doing things correctly, which also just makes me more confident to do them. Your muscles improve when they're working in concert with your entire muscular system. So overworking some muscles while underworking others, it can negatively impact the results that you're looking for. This is why FitBod tracks your muscle fatigue and recovery to design a well-balanced workout routine. This also means you're not going to get bored as the app is mixing up new exercises, reps, supersets, schemes, and all kinds of stuff. FitBod app is super easy to use as well. You can stay informed with their progress charts, their weekly reports and sharing cards. It also integrates with your smartwatch and apps like Strava, Fitbit and Apple Health. Personalized training of this quality can be expensive, but FitBod is just $12.99 a month or $79.99 a year. You can get 25% off your membership by signing up today at fitbod.me slash analog. So go now and get your customized fitness plan at fitbod.me slash analog. That is F-I-T-B-O-D dot me slash analog for 25% of your membership. Our thanks to FitBod for their support of this show and Relay FM. All right, so where do we leave off? Well, what I actually wanted to, to come back to is something that happened before you, you, you arrived, which is how mm-hmm. the game was nearly given away. <laughs> so I think Indeed. this was Monday morning. That's right. We're like waking up or whatever. I don't know. We're hanging out and like we're in bed or whatever. And uh, Adina moved her arm and I saw on her watch a find my friends notification (laughs) and it was like casey wants to share his location with you and i said to adina i was like wait what like what is that (laughs) and she said oh you know casey (laughs) i told him that we're gonna get going to john's oblique history and he just wants to be able to watch as we go that is fitting i mean that that is something i would do here's the thing unbelievably fast thinking and also, oh, 100% believable that you would do that. <laughs> it's so so true. like, I immediately just said, oh, of course. <laughs> what do you think about the fact that your friends, let's just know this and believe this. I, you know, you. I have thought about this more than once, if I'm honest with you. I have thought that, oh, that's how people, you know, it's one of those like clarifying moments when you see yourself through other people's eyes. Yeah. And, 
I'm not upset by it, but it was somewhat clarifying that, oh, you know, as much as you think of yourself as that dork, you really, really are that dork. Like you really, really are that dork, Casey. Well, well done. And I mean, at this point, it was convenient. I think of all of the things, though, that that people could think (laughs) of you, the fact that like you care about what they're doing is maybe not the, the worst. It's not the worst. That that's a good way of looking at it. But you yeah, I, I I I think Adina told me that story via text, and I first of all I felt terrible. Second of all, what incredible quick thinking. I mean, again, just five I'm like stars. uncomfortable about this as well, right? <laughs> because like there's like fast thinking, excellent deception. Like what what am I what am I getting myself in for here? You know? Yeah, yeah. No, it was incredibly well done. And mm-hmm. the funny thing is. I had told her the day before, like, oh, I'm going to do this. And not not that she was, she didn't know when I was going to do it. And, you know, and I'm not saying she did anything wrong, but I told her, oh, okay, I'm going to share my location and I'm going to unfriend to a degree, Mike, mm. just in case you happen to look. Because I don't look at where my friends are on Find My Friends, uh, like just for funsies. I only do it if I need to see where somebody is. But what if you, I don't know, are looking for where Adina went when she's at Blue Bottle or something and you're in, you're in the hotel room. And you see that I'm like three feet away. Like that would be uncomfortable. And so um, I told her, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to, dis- I'm going to defriend or whatever the terminology is, Mike, such that you, I could still see your location. Like it's not a complete screw you. I could still see where you were, but you could no longer see where I was. I think for, from your perspective, it would probably say like Casey can see your location or something like that. And I was hoping and praying that you didn't happen to notice that at any point during the day, because in and of itself, that would be probably a little bothersome because, like, why would I just choose to do that? But more than that, wait a second. Why did he choose to do that? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And so I was very thankful. If I would have seen that you'd done that after the Find My Friends thing, yeah, I exactly. Put it together. I would have yeah, put exactly. that together. So it was very, very lucky that that didn't happen. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, so uh, I guess where we left off, you know, I, I was in your hotel room for like an hour or two or something like that. And then I said, you know, hey, I would like to go check into my hotel room, which was not your guys' fault. It was my choice. Uh, but anyways, I, and I went back to my hotel room and then we reconvened for a really, really lovely dinner. And- but that was also good because I needed a moment to like, <laughs> I needed to like get back down to some kind of level. Right, right. Right, because I was very emotional still. And like, it was a lot. So I needed like a little bit of time to decompress, which was helpful. And then we went out for dinner, which is really yep. nice. Um, yep. But we, it, the thing is, like, we mentioned it already, but this is uh, five years since we saw each other last. We, me and you last saw each other in August, it's nearly five years, August of 2019 mm-hmm, was the last mm-hmm. time that we met up. And so now I think it's just Brad who's left for me. Of people I've not seen since, like, because of COVID. Yeah, see, for me, it's still quite a list. But, you yeah. know, like, I haven't seen Stephen. I haven't seen John. That's because you you haven't done WWDC, right? Like that's Exactly. The- and and so um, I'm hopeful that, you know, sometime over the next few months that some way or another I'll be able to cross a lot of these people off the you list. You can I was feel like enough- confident for July for a lot of people, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I don't know, like, I don't currently have any plans to see John because I don't think he's coming in July. And I don't typically have an excuse to just randomly pop up to Boston. So, Well, you, maybe you're setting a habit, you know, you keep popping around left, right. And center. Yeah, you never know. You never know. You got to watch out, everyone. Casey might just appear at your door any day. There could be a random Casey sting at your door. You never yeah. know. Uh, but no, I, I, I'm very happy that we were able to cross this off. And, you know, 
I had said to you when we were there, and I'd said it half jokingly, but half seriously, and it is true, like this, to a degree, could and should be the year of Mike and Casey. And so far as, you know, we had this time where it was just the three of us, um, and then, you know, we'll see each other in July, and then uh, potentially WWDC, maybe? I don't think it's very clear. WWDC is a, is a big maybe for me. That's, I mean, it's a big maybe for me. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> you never know. I'd, I'm, not, I'm not sure yet. Just because there's got so much, go- we've got so much going on this year that, like, I, this is, I'm not putting it as like a pin on my calendar or something that that I'll be traveling to California for. To be to be perfectly honest, yeah, and I mean, and t- I probably won't go unless I get an invite. We'll see what happens, but uh, and I'm not expecting an invite by any means. But we'll see. Because there's happens. also just like there's no way I top last year. Also true, right? Also like, true. So whatever happens in my mind, I'm, I, it it could it could not beat that. Mm-hmm. No, so. I mean, no argument here. And then, uh, you know, July for the big relay um, anniversary special. And yep. then I keep angling, uh, you know, I don't know if, we, if we'll make it happen or not, but I keep angling for a, 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 a me coming in September for the St. Jude uh, podcast-a-thon. So we will mm-hmm. see what happens. Watch the space. Watch the space. But uh, hopefully it will be the year of Mike and Casey and, you know, with other people sprinkled in here and there. And, I'm, and all that to be said you know, for all these other events, it will be others as well. And I was really happy and thankful that we were able to make it work so that, you know, you and me and Adina, of course, could spend that time together outside of the hubbub and the bustle of everything else. So that was really nice. No, I was, I was pleased for that because it's been so long and me and you have such a emotional connection that, Mm -hmm. that I I am happy that we got to just have our time, (laughs) just us. And it was, I don't know. There was just we. There was one point where we were in a hotel, and we we're sitting on the couch, and we we're just chatting. And like, and I just had this feeling of like, this is just so nice. Like Aww. that. There's no pretense. There's no mm-hmm. like thing going on. We are merely just friends in a place together, right? And yeah. yeah. I know that sounds so strange, but like the majority of my friendships, and I think this is the same for you. They are friendships that came from work in mm-hmm. some regard. And because of that, the majority of times that I see the majority of my friends, there is some kind of work thing that we're yep. also doing at the same time. And I really have valued when I've been able to just do regular friend things with my friends and like, our wedding is is one of those times where like we were all there for a life event rather than a conference a work event yeah and there is just something so normal feeling about we were just there and like we were having breakfast together in the mornings um and just like hanging out like it was just normal stuff and yeah. Yeah. i don't know i really value that when i get to have those times with people because I feel like I don't get it as much as I would want to with the majority of people in my life that I'm closest with because we're all just like scattered around the globe. Yeah, it's not even the country. It's you know, the globe, like you said. And yeah, it was it was really lovely to just have a low pressure. Well, once we made the surprise happen, a low pressure time to just hang. And uh, yeah, so Tuesday, you know, we had breakfast together, like you said. And then it was shortly after Memory Serves that you needed to record and so um, Adina had said, you know, well, what do you want to do? Do you want to hang or whatever? And I was like, oh, of course. And and she had said that she was really interested in going to one of the art museums, which 
I had gone to both many, 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 many years ago as a child, and I can never remember if it's the Met or the Museum, the Metropolitan Museum of Art or the MoMA, the Museum of Modern Art that I preferred, but I remember vividly preferring one of them mm-hmm. as a kid anyway. And Adina had concluded for whatever reason that she wanted to go to the Museum of Modern Art. And I was like, okay, sure. That sounds good to me. And as soon as we walked in, I was like, oh, this is the one. This is the one I preferred, which was excellent. So I mean, I would have been happy either way, but I was very glad that it worked out that uh, it was the one that I had remembered so fondly from being a kid, even though it's you know so different now. But uh, we spent, uh, I don't know, a couple hours in the in the museum together. Um, we we In retrospect, we did it a little wrong, which I don't think was anyone's fault, but we spent a lot of time on the first couple of floors, which was some of the older art that, I mean, I think I speak for her in saying we both enjoyed, but it didn't necessarily like, you know, send us to the moon, if you will. And then it wasn't until the end when Adina was getting a little uh, peckish, to use a Britishism, uh, that we realized that's where all the more more modern and more good stuff from our opinion was. And so we kind of speed run, speed ran the uh, last couple of floors, which I, I felt a little bad about. But, you know, nevertheless, it was still a really good time. And it was it was nice. It was nice to have an experience at a museum where you know, we both kind of took our time and, you know, we would make sure we were inside of each other, but we're in, in a large way doing our own thing. And then we you would, know, oh, did you see this? Oh, did you see that? And then we would do our own thing for a little bit. It was very lovely. And uh, it was nice not to have kids chasing you to the next room every three seconds. And so yeah. it was, it was nice. And uh, we really enjoyed that. And we got a bagel together from a shop that I guess you guys had uh, discovered. And that was mm. very good. Called Broad Nosh Bagels. It was really mm. good. Mm-hmm. Really happy with it. It was one. very, very good. And then we uh, we all reconvened for a little bit, hung out for a while, and then uh, you <laughs> you had plans for Tuesday night for dinner, which I kind of inserted yeah. myself into. Which is honestly perfect, because we were going to Casey's favorite, John's Oblique Street, which mm-hmm. is so, the now a few internationally days renowned pizza restaurant. That's right, that's right. Uh, and if, it's funny because a few days before Adina had said, oh, you know, uh, Mike and Henry Casey are going to hang out together. Yeah, well, all three of you guys are going to hang out together. And I know that they're going to go to John's. I don't know when. And this was early on in our planning. And I thought to myself, oh, man, I mean, I'm glad for them. But, oh, that's too bad because I really would have liked to have gotten to be, be able to go to John's again. Uh, and then by pure dumb luck, I mean, honestly, there was a lot of good luck in this trip, like a lot of good mm-hmm. luck in this trip. The more I think about it, the more that things could have taken a lot of not bad, but, you know, not as good turns. But anyways, uh, just organically, the, the three of you had concluded, oh, we're going to go on Tuesday evening. And as devastated as I was, as it turns out unnecessarily about the Cortex recording, I was overjoyed about the scheduling of John's for the one full day I was there. And it's funny because uh, Henry had sent me a, a DM on Instagram was like, oh, look, we're going to go. Mike and me and Adina are going to go to John's on Tuesday. And I was like, yep. You sure are. No comment. <laughs> but, uh, I knew at that point that, oh, this is this is going to happen and I'd have the pleasure of meeting Henry, which I did. Uh, but it was funny because I didn't want to squeal and I didn't want to spill the beans or anything. And yeah, we went to John's and it was delightful. Yeah, it was a really good time. That piece is so good, man. It really is. Although you you know I feel like you I feel like we should plug um what was the name of the Detroit style pizza place right. that you had very so, good things to say. Yeah, here's what I'll say. Uh John's Baker Street is fantastic. And like, I, we were talking about it after we ate it. It was like, this is like, John's Bleaker is like, if you are looking for a perfect New York pizza, like, that is it in my, like, I agree yeah, with you. Yeah. It, I've eaten a lot. And like, for me, I don't think I've found something as good. Now, I will say, in 
the defense of other places. The fact that they are not a sliced place works in their favor because every pizza is cooked fresh for you, right? And so yeah. like mm-hmm. that does make a difference rather than if you're going to a place, they've cooked it and then they reheat a slice, right? Um, and so like I think it works in John's favor that every pie is coming to you fresh from the oven. Mm-hmm. And so it, it, but it is just truly excellent, like just absolutely excellent pizza. However, I think I am now, I now have a new winner of my absolute favorite pizza in the world, which is, it's a place called Emily's. And there's two of them uh, in, uh, in New York. And they do a Detroit style pizza, which is like very deep and square and like very crispy crust the idea of detroit pizza is it was pizza cooked in uh motor oil pans so it could be cooked mm-hmm. at a very very high heat and it creates a like a caramelized crust and there is a restaurant in london which i actually think is my f- basically it turns out i love detroit style pizza like because <laughs> I, 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 my favorite pizza in london right now is a pizza restaurant they now have two of them called detroit pizza and it's absolutely fantastic I and so there is a pizza at uh Emily's called the Colony, which is pepperoni, green chili, and honey. And it is outstanding. <laughs> so if you are going to New York, you now have, thanks to the analog podcast, two <laughs> pizza restaurants to visit. You mm-hmm. have Emily's and John's. It's mm-hmm. also funny mm-hmm. they're both just names of people. Yep, yep, yep. No, I would, I would really like to try this place. So we have oh, some so dear friends, um, Stee, uh, otherwise known as Stay, otherwise known as I th- think we've called him seventeen other uh, names during the course of Analog. Uh, Stee is uh, the one who did most of the icons for most of my apps, um, and you know he's he actually just did the uh, incomparable incomparable redesign. I can talk. And uh, Steve's wife, Kristen, uh, is from Detroit. And I don't know, a few months ago, she made us homemade Detroit-style Detroit style pizza. And it was very, very good. It's and fantastic. And I, I want more of it in my life, for sure. It's everything I like in pizza. It's a lot of bread, a lot of cheese, and a topping. But it's not... <laughs> it's, it's, it's like if you imagined like a Chicago deep dish, but instead of all cheese, it's mostly bread. Like it's just, mm. it's like a similar amount of cheese and topping, but it's just a much thicker. It's like a like a deep pan pizza, right? Right. Rather than a deep dish pizza, I'm a big fan of Detroit style. It also comes in a square, which means you always get edge, <laughs> which I yeah. like. The corner pieces yeah, are yeah. especially good. Yeah, that was really good. And then, uh, but, uh, but we yeah we did John's, and then we walked basically all of Manhattan. <laughs> Just, I'm not really <laughs> sure why all, we did that. It uh, wasn't all of Manhattan, but it was quite a bit because we were because like John's it, is John's is way at the bottom of the island, and we were, we're staying in Central Park South. So you know this was. I don't know, like half 30, 40 blocks, something like that. So it was a solid, you know, third to half of Manhattan. And it was not the weather that was conducive for it. And yet I think after, because between the four of us, we split two large pizzas, which sounds absurd, but actually is not unreasonable for John's. No. And, you know, we just felt, I think all of us could use a walk after that. And then we also got, we also got ice cream. So 
Yeah, because that's what you do when it's 30 degrees outside, or for you, I guess, negative one or two outside. It's one of my favorite things about being in an American city is that you have ice cream shops. And so, like, you can you can go get dessert afterwards. Like, this is something mm-hmm. that I like. I've never really... This is harder to experience in London, for example. Like, it's something I've tried to do before, but we so don't There's no really ice cream parlors that. or anything? I mean, there are, but it's way less frequent. Then, like, I feel like when I'm in when I'm in America, if I'm in a place that has a bunch of restaurants, they also have a bunch of dessert shops, and they're also open late. I mean, that actually might be like a New York thing, like specifically, mm-hmm. is everything's open so late that you can go to an ice cream shop after you have dinner, and it's very easy. Like, there's lots of them because that's just how the city operates. So that that, yeah. that might be a little bit unique there, I suppose, um, but it's something that 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 I like. Yeah, it was it was very good. It was a gelati or gelato, whatever it's called, place, and it was very tasty. Uh, but yeah, then we walked back, and uh, you know, Henry was kind enough to walk with us, even though he was going away from his house, if I'm not <laughs> mistaken. But uh, but yeah, we had a really nice chat, you know, the four of us as we were walking, and it was really lovely. And then the next morning, you know, I woke up, and we had we had breakfast together, and then I got on the train to go back home, and you guys later that day got on a plane, and yep. uh, it was it was short, it was it was sweet, but. Uh, I'm really glad that that Adina helped. I'm glad that I, I was able to make the time. I'm glad that you were able to make the time, you know, in your work schedule. Um, and so it worked out really well. I have two items of New York follow up for you, which I'm sure, right, please which do. I'm sure you're looking excited about. One is like talking about walking in New York. Mm-hmm. It takes so long to walk anywhere because of the crosswalks. Like <laughs> you were, you were saying, you were saying that this was very upsetting for you, and and I found it quite. I, you're not I, wrong. I, but I found love it quite the, funny. The grid system for a city. It, it makes, uh, from a walking perspective, um, it makes it kind of easy to understand where you're going, and like makes directions easy, right? Because you're like two blocks and then left, and you can kind of right, count right. that in your mind if you're looking at your directions. But mm-hmm. it means that you walk, stop, walk stop yep. walk stop like and it felt like there was nothing i could do in my life to be able to move at a non-stopping pace and and i realized when i'm there, like, this is why new yorkers walk so fast because like yeah. when you have the opportunity to walk you're walking quickly because you're just gonna get stopped again so you gotta hurry up yep 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 point two new york city subway I, as soon as you said you had some follow-up, it occurred to me, oh, I have not given you the appropriate congratulations. And I mean that without sarcasm. Uh, you, you were subway experts by the time I arrived. Uh-huh. I don't know how this happened. I'd love to take credit for it with my God awful, terrible blog post, which I later found out because of Adina has typos or issues oh, or whatever, but there was errors in the blog post that you yep. have been talking about, which was indeed when, when Adina found that it was like, it was like manna from heaven. <laughs> Indeed, yes. We all had a good laugh about it. Uh-huh. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, by the time no, it's oh, I, don't, okay. I don't care. I cannot remember the last time I logged into Tumblr. Do you even have the ability to? <laughs> I think so, but okay. one way or another. Um, but yeah, by the time I arrived, which you had only been there, I don't know, like three or four days at that point, you two yeah. were already experts. You were well, showing we were me where to go. Subway basically exclusively. Like we were going up and down the city quite a lot. Like we were going um, like. What is what do you call it? like Lower Manhattan? I guess yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. to, for restaurants and stuff, it just ended up that that's where we ended up being. But we stayed in Midtown because we wanted to be closer to the Apple Store for the all of the the Vision Pro stuff. Right. Um, and so we were taking the subway a couple of times a day, you know. And essentially, 
I've boiled it down to a couple of things for my issues with the subway. I, I think signage is very bad in general. I think the fact that you have to know which entrance you need to use before you go into the station, I, I find to be puzzling in a lot of instances, right? You're like, you've got to go in this one, not that one. Otherwise, you're going to go uptown rather than downtown. That is true, but not that often. And you don't know this stuff until you're a lot of the time in the station. It's yeah. not, but this isn't universally true, but I'm saying that these are things that happen. And if, if something's not universal, you then can never rely on it. That's fair. So you have to check every single time if you're a tourist. And so the, the express trains still get me. This is the second time <laughs> in my life that I've been on a subway train that was not an express train that became an express train and you're kind of yeah, imprisoned. That's never, that's never happened to me. I, I'm not trying to say you're wrong. It's just that's never happened to me. And like, and I understand the idea of like, you know, I've had this where trains will skip a stop because something was happening. But then for the whole train to change what stops it's going to is like very disorientating. And I, th- I have, one of the things I've worked out, which is complicated, is like, this is a benefit if you live in New York, but not if you don't, which is that the train stations are named after the streets, right? Mm-hmm. Which, and I see the logic in that. But the problem is the streets are all numbers. <laughs> and so like, if I need to go to 53rd Street, but there's a 52nd, a 53rd, a 55th, and a 56th, it is hard for me personally to remember which one of those is my one because it's not yeah. I can't anchor to it right where if they had names like other stations it's easier I feel like to remember the name of a station even if it's not in your language than it is to try and remember a number um and so yeah that these are the things some of the things where I find like it could be complicated, but if you live in New York and you're like, I live at 53rd Street, you're never going to miss that. Or similar is like, I need to go to 42nd. Like these are just things that are maybe a bit more uh, understood in you. But then you get into situations where you have a subway station which is like 42nd West and a subway station which is 42nd East. Now they're both 42nd, <laughs> right? And like, yeah, do yeah. you know which one you need to go to? Right. So like this is where I think that things start to get complicated. Uh, but it was great to get around, but it I think takes way more effort. Like, and another thing is the map, right? Now, I understand why the 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 subway map on the trains looks the way that it does. Because of the fact that everything is connected to streets, they overlay it with a map of New York. But that right. means it is incredibly hard to follow the lines. <laughs> yes, it because is. Because a lot of them are clumped together where one of the things that's so great about the London underground map is it is not geographically accurate. And that is so it is visually understandable. So like things are stretched out and they're given like equal spacing even though maybe the distance between stations isn't accurately represented. But it is done in a way so you can more easily understand what the map is doing, where I feel like the only way that you can do the New York subway map is to overlay it with the map of the city, but then it therefore becomes more complicated. And the way you have to do it like that is because all of the train stations are named after the streets. So it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, they're my thoughts on the subway after having used it for a week. I mean, I don't think that that's particularly unreasonable. And again, I, I was incredibly impressed with how well the two of you took to it, especially after all the 
the kvetching moaning earlier that that oh it's an, it's an unintelligible blah 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 you guys you guys did a great job and i just wanted to publicly congratulate you on it thank you this episode is brought to you by expressvpn watching services like netflix without using expressvpn is like playing is like playing your favorite video game and not using all the power ups available to you why limit yourself when there's so much more to be had Watching Netflix about VPN basically means you're getting access to a fraction of the possible content that is available. There's tons you can miss out on. ExpressVPN is the key to unlocking this stuff, and it works by letting you change where Netflix thinks that you're located. So, for example, here in the UK, if I wanted to watch the US office, I could connect to a Canadian spot with ExpressVPN and watch Netflix there. Or if you're outside of the UK and you want to watch It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, we have all of it on UK Netflix. It's as simple as just opening the ExpressVPN app, choosing the country that I want to be located in, and then refreshing the service that I'm using, and I'll get to see this additional content. There are so many reasons to choose ExpressVPN. It has blazing fast speeds. You can stream in HD with zero buffering. It's compatible with all of your devices, phones, laptops, media consoles, smart TVs, and more. And they have servers in over 94 countries. So you can gain access to thousands of new shows. And it works with other streaming services like iPlayer and YouTube and many more. Or you could be in a situation like I just was in traveling where I wanted to pick up some shows that we were watching at home. But when we open the streaming service we're using, it knows we're in America and that content's not available. So I can use ExpressVPN to connect back to me in the UK and I get to access what I'm usually watching at home. Very simple. You can stop paying full price for streaming services, but just getting a fraction of the content. Get your money's worth at expressvpn.com slash analog. That is expressvpn.com slash analog. Go there and you will get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. A thanks to ExpressVPN for the support of this show and Relay FM. So we need to talk about something, and I feel like we need to talk about it, even if this is not something that you're normally interested in. I mean, yes, there should be chapters, right? We do have, we do have chapters, I believe. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, uh, you might want to stay for this one because, oh my word, are we in the midst of the silliest of silly seasons. It's not even supposed to be it. <laughs> right? right? It's just bananas what's been going on. So silly season is, is usually in the summer. Um, which is there's there's a break in F1 during the season. It's like a month. Um, it happens in the summer, and it's usually the time when, just because it started this way, it now just continues this way. It's usually the time when a lot of contracts expire, and so therefore people start to set their teams for the next season, which is always really weird because then you have the the other half of the season, but you know that some drivers aren't going to be with that team anymore. And it's it's always yep. like a funny thing. And if you've watched Drive to Survive, it actually the first season of Drive to Survive is essentially anchored around one of the one of the wildest silly seasons of all time, which is the Daniel Ricardo leaving Red Bull silly season. Right? Like and, and that is what they they anchor um season one of Drive to Survive around. It's one of the reasons why Daniel Ricciardo is the star that he is today because he is so prominently featured in season one of Drive to Survive and everybody loved him. And then I believe it's one of the reasons that he's back in the sport now is because like he is such yep. an international name at this point. People love Danny. And so I think, you know, he's a good person to have around as well as being a good driver, of course, of course. But I've spoken about that at length on this show before. But we've ended up with a very weird silly season occurring now before the season's about to begin, which is odd. 
and it starts like a few things. Gunter Steiner, the, the team principal of Haas, has been fired. Um, a couple of uh, uh, drivers, so Lando Norris, Charles Leclerc, have, have extended their contracts in ways that I find frustrating because it, they just call them multi-year contracts without saying how long the contracts actually are, which I find to be mm. weird. And I think the reason for this is actually similar to what we're going to talk about in a minute. Sometimes these contracts, they are for a set period of time, but they have a break clause for specific reasons. So for example, I've heard, I've seen rumors that Charles Leclerc's contract is like five years, but he has a break clause, I think in like 2026, that if the Ferrari's car is not like championship contender, then he can leave. Like, so hmm. they can't say how, they don't want to say how long the contract's for because if they say it's a five-year contract, but then in two years, Charles like, he I'm bounces. out of here, it <laughs> seems weird. So they, they there are all these stipulations in the contracts now because for some reason, all the teams want to sign their drivers for a really long period. And like Lando is one of these. I think he's done two, this is like his second long-term contract with McLaren. Um. So there's that going on. We also have a thing that is developing right now, which is there are some, and it's very nebulous. There are allegations made against Christian Horn, the team principal of Red Bull, from a previous member of staff. And But that's kind of all we really know. And there's an investigation that is happening from Red Bull, not the, I believe it's being headed by Red Bull, the drinks company who own the team, mm-hmm. rather than Red Bull, formula one so this is like a thing where there's hearings and all sorts of stuff going on there's a lot of rumor but there isn't really a lot of information but like that is also a thing that's going on so like who knows any day now there is a possibility that christian horner leaves his team which would be huge news like monumental news well and it's also interesting because He's not only the team principal, like the coach, if you will. Yeah. But he's also the CEO of Red Bull Racing, right? Or do I have that wrong? Yeah. There's there's quite there are um, a number of team principals that are CEOs, but it's not exclusive. And also, mm-hmm. sometimes we see the CEOs, and sometimes we don't. Right. So Zach Brown is not team principal right. of McLaren, but he's CEO. But we see him all the time. Toto is team principal and CEO of Mercedes. So like that, mm-hmm. these roles seem to intermingle a lot for different teams. But yes, Christian is the leader in all sense of the word at Red Bull, right. which I think is why like if it's found that this whatever this is is serious and true, that he probably won't be able to. They pro- he will probably not be keeping his position because the amount of power he wields in the organization is massive. So. Indeed. And I find it just absolutely stunning that a man who, if memory serves, left his pregnant wife to be with somebody else suddenly maybe has done inappropriate things you don't say. I find this shocking. Yeah. I mean, look, here's the thing. It is known uh, that we both have a distaste for Christian Horner, but like, I don't particularly want to lean into rumors too much right now because it really is all there is. These are like allegations against him and like we can all have our own opinion but we really don't know anything and so yeah i I agree with what you're saying but i don't really want to speculate on it especially because like as of the time we're recording we don't know anything and by the time this episode goes out people might know what's going on i don't know so like i I don't (laughs) really want to weigh on this for too long because there is absolutely massive news that we know to be accurate which is that i've always been a fan of ferrari 
I love Ferrari, <laughs> and I, I'm not really sure that anybody <laughs> could point to anything where I would have suggested that Ferrari were anything other than an incredible Formula yes, One team. Yes, indeed. <laughs> There's definitely no recordings of you making fun of Ferrari being Ferrari ever. I would never. I would never. I'm a Tafosi. I've always been, and I oh, always, always will be. Uh-huh, uh-huh. My birthday was January 31st. One of my gifts from my wonderful wife was a Mercedes Formula One team t-shirt. It's the first piece of Mercedes merch that I've owned. I think three days later, Lewis Hamilton announced he was going to Ferrari, <laughs> which is truly one of the weirdest like things for me like to experience as a, as a fan of this sport because it was like there was tons, there's been rumors of this before and everybody was like, no, this is insane. What are you talking about? And then just like all of a sudden one day, it was just like everyone was talking about it. And it was like, yeah. oh my God, I think it's happening. And then there were like meetings at Mercedes and like people were getting information. And then, yes, it was announced that from 2025, Lewis Hamilton will be a Ferrari driver joining Charles Leclerc. And it's, a, I think, a, a two-year deal or a multi-year deal. Remember I mentioned the break clause earlier? So Lewis signed a two-year deal with Mercedes for this year and next year. But I've read about something called a like one plus one contract. Mm -hmm. And it's essentially had an option. And Lewis took that option is what is being said. And this stuff isn't completely like true, but the fact of what Mercedes said and what has now happened, you can kind of read between the lines, um, that he decided to not, take his option of the second year and he's wanted to go to Ferrari who apparently I heard was read that they were offering him a two plus one contract which is what he wanted from Mercedes which was two years of an option but Mercedes wanted to do one year in an option which I don't understand why yeah they would not give him whatever he wanted like that is really weird to me apparently as well he is now again the most the highest paid driver I think at like a hundred million dollars or something I had read, and I don't know if this is accurate. I'm, I might be making this up, but I could swear I had read that part of the tipping point for him was that he wanted like a whole pile of money, um, like earmarked for some charity or something like that. And Mercedes was like, yeah, I'm not going to do it. And allegedly Ferrari was. Did you read anything about this or am I making all this up? I don't know about that part, but I have read that. As, see, maybe this is tying the two together. Ferrari have officially confirmed that they will support Lewis's. Uh, charity and diversity efforts that he's been doing with Mercedes. Mercedes has supported those and Ferrari will be taking those on and supporting those as well. Mm -hmm. I think it's kind of the package of Lewis Hamilton. Mm -hmm. It's like, if I'm going to drive for you, you're also going to support the diversity and inclusion efforts, which is like incredible that he does that. Like he keeps pushing that and that Ferrari will also be supporting that as part of the the deal that they have done. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, this is just, is mad. It's truly like, I'm really struggling to get my head around it, to be honest. Like, and I don't know what to think about it. I don't either. Like, I have much less of a vested interest in this because, I mean, I, I like, I like Hamilton a lot as a person, as a driver. He's obviously, if not the best, one of the best ever. I don't care for a lot of the way he he is on the racetrack, but he is a phenomenal, phenomenal person. And I saw some of these rumblings. I don't remember if I saw it the day before or the morning of, but. It, it was like you said, you know, there was like a little bit of rumblings and then a lot of rumblings and then a lot of rumblings yeah. and it all happened immediately, like instantly. It was, it was unreal. And I remember maybe it was you, maybe it was a different one of my friends said, oh, it sounds like Hamilton's going to Ferrari. And I was like, sure. Okay. What is it? April 1st? No, not happening. 
And then fast forward literally like four hours yep. and pretty much everyone was saying, yep, it's a done deal. So again, it's like, there's a lot of rumor, but whatever. Like, it seems like the the Hamilton-Mercedes relationship started to break down in 2022. When early on in the car development, Lewis was apparently saying like, this is the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. And there was also another individual who was working at the at Mercedes who was who was involved in the car development who was also saying this is person left they now at Ferrari mhm um and so there i think that there is a an idea that you could draw here that he was unhappy with the car and is maybe unconvinced at Mercedes ability to to get done what is needed to be done within a reasonable time frame which what an indictment of Mercedes because I mean Ferrari for all that Ferrari all the Ferrari good and all the Ferrari bad one thing that's consistent is for a long time since I've been paying attention at least they've been a laughing stock and yes I know that you know they had Schumacher and they had just an absolutely dominant run for many years but lately they've been a real laughing stock well there is there see. is a thing to remember that when me and you started getting into the sport again ferrari had a really really bad at least one year because they were being punished for cheating mm, that's so true so there that's was true. a prior year where they were dominant but it turns out that they were doing something i think weird with their fuel and that there was some punishment levied upon ferrari that was kept private but the understanding was it was going to hamstring their ability in the following seasons which is then what transpired and then, since the cars changed in 22, they have been more competitive. Now, they are more unreliable, but they have been more competitive, right? For whatever reason, maybe Lewis believes that they have the ability to be increasingly competitive over the coming seasons. But there is also the thing where maybe Lewis is wondering how many years he has left. And apparently, and it is well recorded, it has been a long dream of his to race in red, right? Like, I feel like if you are a Formula One driver, the idea of being a Ferrari driver is very enticing and is probably of all of the cars on the grid, the only one that carries that level of emotion today. Because if you look at Williams, right, they have declined. Where like Williams could have been a similar thing because they have such an incredible history. Maybe McLaren too, to a point, but Ferrari has been there like since the beginning, right? They have this lineage yep. and this history. And then, you know, the Tofosi, the fans are very intense you know and there was like a, a <laughs> lot there was a lot around ferrari and the two greatest of all time lewis and michael schumacher right schumacher mm-hmm. was at ferrari yeah I, mean, I can imagine a scenario where lewis hamilton's like i want to get my fine my like the championship that i need to put me at number one at ferrari it's an interesting idea I still see a scenario where it's like, wouldn't it have been cooler to do it at the team where you got the other seven? But yeah, yeah. maybe he feels like no. And yeah, it's it's very interesting. And it's obviously opening up like, so we have this season with Lewis, which is going to be weird maybe. I don't know. We'll see. But then who is taking that Mercedes seat? Who's yeah, going to sit in that no second idea. seat at Mercedes? Like that is going to be the big story until it's done. Like we will be hearing about it constantly. I saw just in the last 24 hours as we record this that um, I think it was Alonzo was meeting with somebody or maybe it was that uh, 
Toto and the uh, Toto who, who, and Alonso's manager were photographed having lunch together. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But there's there also reports that they're going to bring one of their F. They're like eyeing one of their F2 drivers, like who's in the Mercedes Junior program. There are reports left, right, and center about every single possible person. So what? What do you? How do you feel like your fandom is going to change? Because just to be clear, for the season that's about to start, nothing in this context, nothing is changing. Like leaving aside the Horner stuff, you know, but, but the the grid is set. And I don't think there were any grid changes after last season, right? Off the top of my head, I don't think there were. Um, so so Lewis is still going to be at Mercedes for yep. you know the, this this upcoming season, and then it's the season that starts in twenty twenty five. That's when he'll be in red. So. Mm-hmm. I presume you're going to wear the snot out of your beloved and brand new birthday present t-shirt, but what's the plan going forward? Are you half Ferrari, half Mercedes? Are you all in on Ferrari? The heck with poor uh, George, George, you know, no, no love for George anymore. So it, for me, it just turns out that two of my favorite drivers were at the same team, which is why I've been so diehard Mercedes. Like I love George and I love Lewis. I am, mm-hmm. and so like I have therefore been a Mercedes fan. Uh, I hope to still remain a Mercedes fan. Like that, the the other driver that they bring in that I will also really like, whoever that might mm-hmm. end up being. But I am more tied to the drivers, right? Like my favorites are Lewis, George, and Lando. They also happen to be British drivers, but that's just the way it's going to be. And so like they are the ones that like I would follow three those three like to whatever teams they go to like and they will be my favorites. Um and so, you know, I'm who knows? Like I, I really hope cuz I I also I do really like Charles Leclerc like and I feel really bad for him and I would love I would absolutely love 2025 2026 for them to have a like storming year together and then I'm able to be like full Ferrari you know which is where (laughs) I would go if like that's what happens because like I want to see I want to see Lewis crush again that's what I want and if him and Charles Leclerc like and I actually really like the idea of the two of them together like I I really uh vibe well with the the team pairings where the drivers seem to get on yeah, yeah, yeah. And it seems that they are actually quite close friends. Like, And it's also been kind of documented that Charles Leclerc has known about this for a long time. It's actually apparently one of the reasons he re-signed. It's because he knew that he was going to have Lewis. Now, I will mm. say, I'm not sure Charles Leclerc is thinking big enough here because I think his situation from 2025 is going to change. Who is the most important driver at Ferrari when Lewis Hamilton arrives? Like I, oh, I yeah. don't know the answer to that question. We'll wait and see, right? Because it's been very clear that Ferrari have everything behind Charles, right? Mm-hmm. What happens in 2025? Because I feel like while Charles has been like a homegrown talent there, if they're paying $100 million or euros, whatever it is, a year for Lewis Hamilton, they can't, they kind of need to focus on him. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, it's be exciting. So. Sport never stops giving, you know? Yeah. It never it's, stops it's giving. It's going to be something. It's going to be something. I'm excited to see how it all turns out. And I'm very curious to see what the dynamic is like in the Mercedes paddock, you know, this year. Because, yeah, it's not going to be great. It seems like it's probably going to be a little antagonistic. And yeah. Toto does not seem to suffer fools. Not to say that Lewis is a fool, but you know what I mean? Like, Toto, I don't think will be extraordinarily overjoyed about what's coming and i wouldn't put it past him to to treat george as perhaps the star driver which would be a little weird but i wouldn't put it past him george is gonna get preferential treatment that's gonna happen unless 
Lewis, look, unless this is all like he just wanted to do this, but it also turns out Mercedes have a killer car. If there is a possibility that Lewis Hamilton could win a world championship this year, they will give him everything they can to secure that because Mercedes want that, right? Mercedes want more than anything for that record to be with them, right? So yeah, if there is yeah. even a sniff of that possibility, they'll do whatever they can. I also believe that like Lewis and Toto are professionals and that they will do things professionally this year. And I think part of the problem is people are going to look at any possible frustration that, that either of them have this year and blame it on what's going on, ignoring the fact that the last two years have been full of vocal frustration from both guys about the state of the team. Yeah, yeah, couldn't but agree more. It's going to be interesting. Going to be bananas. And yeah. uh, quick follow-up, yep. uh, we should remind everyone, Drive to Survive starts the 23rd of February. It's in 10 days. It is. Yeah, as we record this, it's in 10 days. I'm putting a link in the show notes to the posters that they put together. And the tagline is the drama returns. And I just think that is so fantastic. Mm-hmm. And like, it's really building like it's to, to what this show is. It is essentially like a drama. It's a soap opera of a thing that's yeah. real, which is yeah. kind of the incredible thing about Formula One. And it's what drew us to it. And I, if you've not seen Drive to Survive, you should watch it. Really, really oh, you should. couldn't agree more. Because as I've said many times on the show, my dear friend Brian, who I've known for 20, almost 25 years now, since I've known him, had been trying to get me into Formula One and eventually gave up because it just wouldn't, it couldn't and wouldn't click for me. I watched one season of Drive to Survive and suddenly I became the world's biggest F1 fan. So uh, yeah, it, it, if you want this in your life, and the nice thing about Formula One is it can dominate as much or as little as, of your life as you want. You know, some people will watch the, the practices and, and the qualifying and the races and everything. And for me, I typically only watch the Grand Prix, the Grands Prix, whatever, and the, um, and the sprints when applicable. And that basically for an American means I have something to do on Sunday mornings. And that's about all the investment I put into it. Uh, but if you want to go bananas and go hog wild and, you know, dedicate, you know, Friday through Sunday to F1, that is something you can do. If you're, if you have a, a weekend shaped hole in your life, F1 can fill it if you so desire. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Squarespace, the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. You can stand out with a beautiful website, engage with your audience and sell your products, services, or the content that you create Squarespace has everything you need all in one place. It's super simple to get started with one of their professionally designed website templates. They have designs for every category and use case for a site, but you can also customize them, update the content, add all the features to fit your unique needs. You can make any Squarespace template do exactly what you want. So your idea, your brand, your business, whatever it's going to be, is going to stand out on every device. You get started with Fluid Engine, Squarespace's next generation website design system, which is fully drag and drop and it's fully reimagined too. It's brand new for, de- for desktop or mobile on any new Squarespace site. It is so simple to customize and stretch your imagination online with Fluid Engine. And I mentioned that you have the ability to add the features to fit your needs. For example, if you want an online store, you can enable that. It's very simple to sell physical or digital goods. Then maybe you want to send out email newsletters. You can send out Squarespace email campaigns. You can encourage visitors to sign up as email subscribers and start them on the journey to becoming loyal customers. Squarespace has all of the tools that you need to bring your website to life to help you put your home on the internet 
to everyone for everybody to see that's why i've been using them for like 15 years now for various projects go and check it out for yourself today by going to squarespace.com analog and sign up for a free trial when you're ready to launch go to squarespace.com analog and use the code analog to save 10 percent off your first purchase of a website or domain that is squarespace.com analog and the code analog when you decide to sign up to get 10 percent off your first purchase and show your support for the show our thanks to squarespace for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. So we should return to New York. You can jump back on a plane. I will mm-hmm. get on the train. We should return. And actually, I guess we should get in a DeLorean because we need to go back in time. Uh, you had an absolutely just stellar Vision Pro release day. You, yeah. you had a, a cracker of a day to use the Britishism. Is that right? A real cracker of a day. That's correct. Yeah. A banger, right, maybe you go. could say. Yeah, 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 yeah. I got to meet Tim Cook and Greg Joswiak at the Fifth Avenue Apple Store. Which oh, was look at you. quite it was quite it was quite an experience. Uh this the whole New York experience to me was really just like bananas. Like when if I think about it now, it's like just like such a strange and weird thing to happen. You know, Tim Cook, Casey Liss, could you ask for more? Definitely peer with each other. Yeah, th- for could. sure. But yeah, it was it was really, really cool, like getting to meet Tim and and just not necessarily something that I thought would happen in my life, but something that I thought could happen in my life. And it also went like just as well as something like that could go within realistic parameters. You know what I mean? Like there is a scenario where he's like, oh, Mike, nice to meet you. I've listened to your shows. But obviously that's not realistic, right? (laughs) That that would happen. He's Tim Cook. But he was also very nice, very sweet, a lovely man to speak to for a minute or two. Um it was it was quite 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 a thing, and it was also fun to talk to to Jaws. Where with Jaws, I kind of took a different tact and kind of was like, "I mic at work with Jason, and we do upgrade together." And it's like, "Oh yeah, you know, da, 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 right." And I had like a vague awareness, which I hoped, and that was the case. So mm-hmm. it was super cool, man. I'll never forget it. It was an amazing moment, especially standing in front of Neil Patrick Harris and Tim Cook while they were having a conversation. I had to step aside <laughs> for MPH to come in, which I was perfectly fine with. It was all very weird and very wonderful. <laughs> uh, that that is incredible. Now you, I, I we already spoke about this, obviously, but for the per, for the listeners' sake, uh, you did not do the one thing that you needed to do with Tim Cook, and I'm very disappointed in you. What didn't I do with him? You did not show him a picture yeah, of know. himself standing in front of the connected podcast art. Look, when you said this to me, it's like this was an another way it could have gone that would have been interesting. I'm not necessarily sure it would have been better. I don't know if it would have been better either, but it would because have been fun. in that scenario, there is then like explanation required, right? Instead That's of true. like me just asking him a couple of questions and him answering them very nicely without me needing to explain to him who the hell I am. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Right? Where like in this scenario, I'm like, this is you, and he knows it's him. I'm like, you're standing in front of my podcast artwork. And then he's like, what is, you know what I mean? Like, what is that? (laughs) But there is another scenario where he would react to that very well, which I actually do think he would have. And then he's like, oh, that's so cool. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know if it would have been much better of a response necessarily. There is a a potential for an interesting thing to occur there, but I just don't know if it would have. But that is the only other way. Because obviously you have an experience like that. And if you're anything like us, which you probably are because you're listening to the show, 
all you do afterwards is just spend time thinking about the ways in which you could have done it differently. <laughs> so true. And that's the only other thing that I could imagine realistically doing um, that would have been any different that I would have wanted to do or that would have gone well. And I'm not certain that it would have provided a, 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 a better experience. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now, I, as much as I'm giving you a hard, hard time about it, I do think you're right that I think you handled it well. And you talked about this. Was it connected or was it cortex or both? I don't know. I've actually told this story a bunch of times. So it's in, uh, it's on upgrade and connected. Oh, yes, an upgrade, of course. But also as part of Mortex. So, okay, there subscribe we go. to Mortex. I told the story there too. But it's one of those things where, like, I know I've told this story a bunch of times now, but it was also such like a huge deal that, like, I would have, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, I I mean, the, the short, short version seems to have been that, you know, you exchanged a few words, he was very nice, and you moved on with your life and were, you were not one of those people that tried to bogart his time, which I'm sure he was very appreciative, appreciative of. Um, yeah, I was not going to do that, nor would I, nor would I be the person who's going to be like, oh, so the core technology fee, huh? What do you think, you know, what are we doing here? <laughs> right. Which I know that there is, a, <laughs> there is a person that would do that, or there is a person, probably people, that would say, I should have done that. But you see, I don't agree. No, no. So do not agree. I mean, it, it's just the the way that I, I I would not do that. Like I don't think that that is beneficial or helpful to him or the people around that got me in that experience. And I'm also not a journalist, so I kind of don't care. And maybe yeah. that's like a weird thing to say, but like I I have friends who are like think of themselves as journalists and like in a scenario like that maybe they would want to ask him a question to get a quote for something where i'm just like oh this is so great look at this i got a selfie woo and then off i go with the rest of my life <laughs> because i mean i've been thinking about i've spoken about it on this show but like i am a technology enthusiast that is what i do and i was very enthusiastic to meet tim and that, you know i'm like that's it for me and, and i'm very happy with that in my life and like the whole thing about the vision pro is like it's, it's really like highlighting a lot of this stuff to me where like all my friends are working on their reviews and i'm like i'm just going to talk about what i like and what i don't like on shows like i don't feel the the need to be like i must have a fully formed thought you know yep yep i totally agree and i'm happy that i don't that is my choice i don't want to live that life like and and yeah. the, my friends like jason steven Federico. I assume Federico's working on a review. I actually haven't asked him that, but I assume that he is because I know it's what he does. They put a lot of work and effort and they produce these pieces which are great and they get shared around and like people love them. Like that is just not what I want to do because I never consider anything I do on my shows to be finished. It is part of an ongoing conversation because if I would have published my review, you know, if I had one of, of Vision Pro last week i had new experiences yesterday yeah so then what and like so mm -hmm. i know that you can then continue to write more articles but for me like the idea of having this like and then also like trying to come up with some interesting angle it's just like not what i want to do so like i don't really think of myself that way i, I just like to talk about the things that i like you know well, and going back to your rendezvous with Tim, you know, he is extra all the Apple executives are extremely good at what they do. That's why they're Apple executives. And even if you were the kind of person to say, oh, well, how about the core technology fee or whatever, even if you phrased it in a better way, 
he's not going to say anything. He's not going to put himself in that position. You're not going to. He probably had an answer. He would have an answer because like they prepare for these things. I'm sure. And it's, and so all you've done is wasted everyone's time. Whereas what you did instead was say, you know, I'm so excited. You know, this is so great, blah, blah, blah. And you got your selfie and you moved on with your day. And Tim, I don't mean this in a bad way at all. The best case scenario, I think, from meeting with yeah. Tim is that he has no idea it even happened. He, he doesn't remember me. That's right. the, and that's, yes, I agree. Like, so here's the thing. If I met Jaws, well, I met Jaws. If I met Phil Schiller, right? If I met John Turnus, I want those people to remember <laughs> me, right? Like, because that's the, or like if I met Craig Federighi, I would look quite like Craig to remember me. I don't want Tim to remember me. I would actually, I, yeah, I would love yeah. it if he did. It is not important if he does because right, I don't exactly. expect it, right? Yep, because yep. this guy should be completely detached from mm-hmm. my plane of existence because I think, I said this before, I think he is maybe the most powerful man on earth. Like, maybe. I think there is an hmm. argument to be made for Tim Cook as one of, if not the most powerful people on the planet because. He's not elected, right? So mm-hmm. he's not like a, a, a politician. Head of state, yeah. And he is the head of a company that if something went catastrophically wrong, it could tank the entire stock market. Oh, that's interesting. I, would, I never thought about it that way. That's the kind of power and like, you know, Apple underpinning so much of the world, right? Because... And it may—I don't even—and it's not even, I think, in a way of Google, right? Because Sundar Pichai is not as universally known as Tim Cook, yeah, right. That like something Sundar doing something or something happening is like not the same, I think, as if if it was Tim Cook. And so, like, do people even know that Sundar is the CEO of Google? <laughs> I think he's also CEO of Alphabet as well, which is like a funny thing that mm-hmm, happened mm-hmm. i believe that of him of of tim that he is so incredibly powerful that he is he is like at world leader kind of level but is he does he have more power i don't know like it's weird yeah. right but like it's an odd thought i think about it a lot so i'm like yeah so i don't remember him to remember me because he's probably got a call with the president later or something you know <laughs> Who may end up calling him Tim Apple. You never know. Weirder things have happened. Weirder things have happened. Yeah. Now, just to put a pin on the uh, on the whole New York trip, I, I had a great trip, and it was all of you know 72 hours or whatever it was, and, and you were there for roughly a week, I think. And, mm-hmm. and it sure seems like it went pretty darn well. And you had some tough times. You had some good times. But all in all, it sounds to me, and I'm both asking and saying, uh, it sounds like it was a pretty darn good trip. Oh, it was great. I love New York. Like, Same. I feel like I've found a new appreciation for it. Like I've I've been there a bunch in my life, but like for, usually passing through or using mm-hmm. it as a place to pass through. Same as Idina, she'd not really spent much time in New York. She visited a couple of times, but just for like a day here or there. This is where we actually got to spend time in New York, and I I do really I do really like it because it's it's like London but amplified, and <laughs> that's not necessarily what I would want to live. But yeah. it's great to visit. No, I, I do feel, I've said many times, probably on this very show, that I feel like London and New York are cut from a very similar cloth. They're not yeah. the same, but they're they're the, the whole vibe of both cities, again, not the same, but it's got a very similar vibe to mm-hmm. it. And 
And I adore New York. I've loved New York since I can remember. And I have only been in London a handful of times, but I love London almost as much. And I will I will happily visit either of these places anytime I can because yep. they are just so, so wonderful. This episode is brought to you by Factor. Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Whatever you've got planned, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie-smart, vegan, and veggie, and more. There's also over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons to help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious and easy. So don't delay. Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. There is so much to love about Factor. Their incredibly tasty meals are ready in just two minutes, so you can fuel up fast with restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. Plus, you can get snacks, smoothies, and more. You can discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast and midday bites. It's a win-win. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian-approved to be nutritious and delicious which is actually the perfect combo. It's just nutritious and delicious. Thank you very much. Factor is flexible for your schedule. You can get as much or as little as you need. You can choose from 6 to 18 meals per week, plus you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime it works with you. There's no prep, no mess. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. Now, Casey, I believe, because we've got Factor, they're going to be coming back on future episodes too, so we're excited to hear about your experience with them. But you've made your order with Factor. I think actually maybe your box of food has arrived while we were recording today, which is exciting. It, it did, actually. And Aaron was kind enough to bring it upstairs, and I was looking as you were talking at some of the entries. And uh, yeah, so they're, they're, the, the key to Factor, and you said this already, but the key is that um, they're, they're pre-prepped. And not to say that some of the other meal services, you know, services or whatever aren't good, but what's nice about this is it's already done. You just got to warm it up, which is great. And and so, yeah, in this package, I've got uh, ground pork and tomato ragu, uh, or ragu, I think that's how you pronounce it. I don't know, a stuffed pepper casserole, uh, salsa shredded chicken thighs. And I'm looking at these things. And I don't know if I can do a little fully work here. These things look tasty. They yeah. really, really do. And I, I, I haven't had a chance to try them yet. I will, and then we'll report back in a future episode. But they're really tasty. And the other thing I like about it, so Erin has been really, really into tracking nutrition for a while now, but particularly macronutrients. And so, like, she's been trying to teach me, and I'm a dunce when it comes to this stuff, but she's been trying to teach me, you know, about, you know, having a lot of protein in your diet is good. And, you know, having an overabundance of other things is often bad. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I will occasionally have a pre-prepped meal like this. And I'm looking like this roasted garlic chicken this is a, uh, a single serving, right? 420 calories, not that much. 40 grams of protein. And I don't know a lot, but I know that's a lot. So <laughs> I am excited to try these. Well, like, this is the, the, the benefit, right? It's like you can have a microwave meal, but that's usually a bad thing. But with Factor, it's right, good. Exactly. It's, like, it's like one of these things where you hear about it, you're like, oh, what? Yeah, I want that. Yeah, I'll take so, that. Yeah. Go and check it out for yourself today at factormeals.com slash analog50 and use the code analog50 to get 50% off. That is analog50 at factormeals.com slash analog50 to get 50% off. Our thanks to Factor for their support of this show and Relay FM. Oh, yeah, real-time follow-up, by the way. I chose the calorie smart option. Oh, you mentioned, you. you know, there's Chef's Choice Keto, Veggie Vegan, and Calorie Smart, and I chose Calorie Smart, and so you you could hear a sample of some of the things that they sent me. So I'm excited to try. Casey Smart uh, chose Calorie Smart, <laughs> something like that. Hey, we should do some recommendations. Sure uh, would you like me to start, or I would, would love you, you like to? Start. to? 
All right. I've got two for this month of wildly different ones. Actually, I'm going to throw a third in. I don't have a link handy, but two of them are related. Uh, first of all, Casey Neistat on The Diary of a CEO. I think I had recommended the Richard Hammond episode of mm-hmm. this same program. It's a YouTube show, but it's one of those things where it's really kind of a podcast. You know, they, they... No, it is a podcast. This is It started as a podcast, and then they, he also brought it to YouTube, but it is podcast first. There you go. So I believe I listened to it. Uh, I don't think I watched it, but I, you know, or I, I glanced at the YouTube video just really quickly. But anyways, this Casey Neistat, the uh, less famous Casey, am I right? Something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, who is a extraordinarily prolific, or maybe not anymore, but certainly earlier on was an extraordinarily, extraordinarily pr- prolific YouTuber. I actually really enjoy him. I think I he's very work. funny and yeah. very clever and I love his work. Um, he had a really, really great interview on Diary of a CEO. I don't listen to all the Diary of a CEOs. In fact, I'm not subscribed or anything, but I will say that the handful that have bubbled up into my radar, I have actually really, really liked. It's a very, very popular podcast. I am unsure about Stephen Bartlett, but that's the host, right? Yeah. But he, see, he's clearly a very good interviewer because he has very good guests. Yep. And so this one I thought was really good. It's something like an hour and a half, which is a you know long time for you know a YouTube video, but it's a reasonable podcast. And I thought it was worth. I think it's worth your time. Uh, and also, speaking of Casey Neistat, um, he he is the one that did the skateboarding in New York and uh, using the Vision Pro. Or, I'm sorry, uh, using the Vision Pro while skateboarding in New York and uh, in using it on the subway and whatnot. It was quite funny, and I think it was done for clicks to some degree. But nevertheless, he also put out just in the last few days. Uh, a video called Sisyphus and the Impossible Dream. And this is about um, him trying to run a marathon in under three hours. And it's a 12 minute video, but it's just a really good video about reaching your goals. I mean, he makes short in- films now. I, yes. I, I haven't seen this one yet. It's in my queue to watch. But like since he stopped daily vlogging, by and large, he now makes things that I would think of as as more like short short films. That's kind, a really good way of putting it. He would throw those in on his daily vlogs every now and again, but now it seems like when he makes a video, he, he tends to have more of like a point for the video being made rather than like, here's just what I'm doing mm-hmm, today. Mm-hmm. No, I, I couldn't agree more. And so this one is just about reaching your goals. And he and I are within a couple of years of each other in terms of age. I think he's like a year older than me, something like that. And you know, it's about reaching your goals, particularly in your 40s. And so that obviously rang true for me. And uh, I really enjoyed it. So both of those, I think, are worth your time. And then finally, wildly unrelated, I found, I don't remember how I found this, but somehow or another in Apple Music, I stumbled upon an album, T-Pain, on top of the covers, which also has an associated video on YouTube. I believe what I linked was the album. No, I linked the YouTube video. video. I apologize. Um, But anyways, you can find this on Apple Music and presumably Spotify as well. This is T-Pain. You know, the, the I have of seen auto-tune. a clip. I've seen a clip of this of him singing Tennessee whiskey. This went viral. Uh, it is yes. so good. It was from like late last year, but I just discovered it in the last month. It is so good. I cannot overstate how good this is. And I think part of that is I am grading on a little bit of a curve because I didn't expect it. Well, this is why it's so surprising because like T Pain is known for auto tune. That is what he right. chooses to do for his music. But it turns out the guy's got a set of pipes. But right, he just exactly. makes a choice that he wants his music to sound that way, I think. And so yep, like yep, yep. this is what I have now come to learn, having seen that clip of him singing Tennessee Whiskey, which is just an... I mean, it's a hard song to sing, I think, mm-hmm. to do mm-hmm. effectively. And he did an incredible job of it. So yeah, I, I, I'm going to watch this because I, I didn't know where it came from. I just saw like a clip of him singing yeah. that, as in like 
you know, people were posting of like, hang on a minute, this is T Pain. Also, T Pain's <laughs> been a bit like in my in our lives recently because he's been making loads of videos on Instagram wearing the Vision Pro. Oh uh, um, yeah, I've seen a couple of those and they yeah. were very good. I should probably follow him at least for the short term because they have been very funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's really worth it. I will say, if you have little ears around, the language in the songs, I don't think is bad, but a lot of the um language like the chatter in between songs is not what you would want to put in front of a, a child right. if you don't like colorful expletives um and then actually i'll, I'll tag on a, a bonus that uh, trevor from the chat just pointed out his t- uh, tiny desk concert which was from like 10 plus years ago is also very very good and worth checking out and You've i promise that? i will leave it alone i have seen that but only recently i didn't even look at it ah. until like the last couple of weeks i've been on a bit of a movie journey uh over the last couple of weeks uh, or mm-hmm. last week or so, um, we every now and then, Adina and I, it's like we haven't got a TV show that we're watching. We'll just like knock a bunch of movies off our list instead. And there was a movie that I'd been waiting to see, and it finally came out. It's called Dumb Money, and it's the story of GameStop, the GameStop stock oh, thing. Oh, I did not hear bets. about this. Yeah, it, this is the thing. Not a lot of people heard about this. Uh, cast is fantastic: Paul Dano, Pete Davidson, Nick Offerman. Seth Rogen, America Ferrera, Sebastian Stan, right? Like it is a oh, all-star cast, but yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just it just came out at a time when no one was really going to the cinema. So like a movie like this that didn't really get a lot of play. But it is a very good movie. Like good. It is a very good movie. It's not a great movie. You know what I mean? Like it is yeah, a good yeah. movie and it's a very it's a, it's a good example of a good movie. It like did what I wanted. I got a little bit more information about the story and it was interesting. The cast is great and they play the roles really well. Paul Dano is a fantastic actor. Like, it's just so good. Uh, yeah, I really like this. This was very helpful to understand a little bit more about that whole thing because it was something we were all aware of, but there were parts of it I didn't understand and mm. it did a good it did a good job of that, which then I think we then that same night doubled it up with rewatching the big short which was about the oh, financial yes. crisis that's with christian bale is that yeah right? which i will say and like this wasn't necessary this wasn't fair to dumb money but like watching those two movies back to back it was like oh god like the big <laughs> short is so good like that is right. just that's it's like up there as like a, a movie that i adore i mean the cast is christian bale steve carell ryan gosling and brad pitt yeah, that's bananas. And it's also the the movie that put like Adam McKay into like a different stratosphere of like, mm-hmm, oh, he's mm-hmm. not just the guy who makes the Will Ferrell movies, right? Like now <laughs> he's made many movies like this. Vice, which I still have not yet seen and also Don't Look Up, which I also have not yet seen, but I want to see both of those movies. But they're like mm-hmm. similar ideas of like, he's become like a... a uh, like life to movie. I don't even know what you call it, but like based yeah. on real events kind mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. filmmaker. He's done a bunch of these now. Um, we then watched another. So now, now I'm in it now, right? Like I'm in this mode. <laughs> uh, so we watched Blackberry, which is, I've, I've been really looking forward to this movie coming out. Um, I wanted to see it in the cinema, but we couldn't get to the cinema to see it. So this is the story of Blackberry. Good. Fantastic fantastic i'm gonna have to watch it then. again like it is telling a part of history which is very important in technology and it's filling in details that i didn't know there were things i knew but it fills in details and i will say that jay baruchel and glenn howerton especially glenn howerton unbelievable 
Glenn Howerton in this role is like you watch it, nobody else could have done this because this like the intensity that he can bring to the the role that he was playing of co CEO Jim Basile is mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. it's fantastic. It's fantastic. This movie is really, really, really good, uh, and it goes in like stages of BlackBerry's career, culminating in two thousand and seven which is obviously very important for BlackBerry mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. seeing seeing what seeing the internal story of what happened that resulted in what happened to them was fascinating because it it filled in parts which I knew about but didn't understand the reasoning for things that were happening so this movie is great this movie is is I couldn't this is my big recommendation for this episode watch oh, wow. BlackBerry okay. Okay. Uh, we then watched Tetris, so the Apple TV movie about the story of Tetris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which I really like. It was a good movie. It was very fun. Um, this was not a fantastic movie, but it was a fun movie. Similarly, like the story is like, oh my god, I had no idea, and that's all I'll say about it. Like, you think you might understand the story of Tetris, but if you don't actually know the story of Tetris and like the ramifications of that game, uh, I really recommend. It. This is a good fun movie to watch. And then I just wanted to make two recommendations for movies I haven't rewatched recently, but in this ilk. Uh, Pirates of Silicon Valley. Oh, yes. I haven't seen that in a long time. Absolute classic for me. It's like telling a, it's telling the beginnings of Microsoft and Apple leading up to the part where they do the partnership that they do, which results in uh, Bill Gates on the screen of Steve Jobs. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then I will also make a recommendation for Steve Jobs, the... Michael Fassbender, uh, Danny Boyle, Aaron Sorkin movie, which mm-hmm. people were really against it at the time, I think, having never watched it. We watched it for a Connected member special a couple of years ago, almost as a joke, and we all loved it. So if you've not seen it, if you'd written that movie off, watch that movie. Yeah, I, uh, I'm going to be watching it again soon because I had seen it around the time it came out give or take a little bit and i did not care for it at the time and i'm going to be re-watching it and see what i think about it 